Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On all things franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros, and I am your host today. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today and carving time out of your busy day. I know that all of us have um, demands and responsibilities, and uh, we're pulled in a lot of different directions, so I'm always honored when someone spends some time with me. So today we're going to be talking about small business loans. Um, I've worked with many clients who are just not sure, should I get a loan? Should I not get a loan? Should I tap into my 401k? What should I do? And of course, I'm not in a position to offer financial advice. So I usually refer them to an expert. And that we're going to be speaking with an expert today. But I recently read an article about the small business loans uh, and some of the statistics. And the article read, there are common characteristics for small businesses across various industries when it comes to loan success and failure rates. The two most common reasons for small business failures are cash flow issues and starting off with too little too, too little cash. So I think those both say the same thing. It went on to say so um, that it is, uh, so considering a loan can determine the success of your business. So again, I am not suggesting one way or the other. I think this is some, a conversation that needs to take place between you, your financial advisor, your banker, your attorney, your CPA. But today we're talking to Michelle Wright, and Michelle has worked in the banking industry for over 25 years. She's been an SBA lender for the last 19 years and is currently with Allegiance Bank in the Houston area. So please help me in welcoming, welcoming Michelle to the show. Michelle, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Linda. I am very happy to be here. Well, I'm really glad that you're here because um, this is one of those decisions that I can't help my clients with. I can give them their options, Michelle, but I can't really get make those kind of decisions for them. So before we get into the meat of this conversation, tell us a little bit 
about your background. I know you've been in banking for 25, um, 25 years or so, and I know what that was like because I was in banking for 30-plus years, so you are definitely a kindred spirit here. So tell me a little bit about your, um, your background in the bank and how you've worked with businesses um, with SBA loans or just helping them, whether they're an independent biz, um, business or whether they're a franchise? Sure. Um, so actually, I started out as a teller while I was going to college at night, and then I ended up making sure that I went to a bank to become a teller that had a commercial lending program so I could go through credit training, and I did that for about two years. And then I was a commercial lender for a couple of years, and then I ran the credit training program. And when you have to run something, you learn even more about it when you're having mm-hmm. to teach it. And then mm-hmm. I was given the opportunity to go into SBA, and back then, I didn't even know what SBA was, and it wasn't looked at as favorable as it is today. So it was a little bit of a scary move, but I'm really glad I did it because I've got to work with so many different businesses from startups to expansions to business acquisitions, um, all different, all over, everywhere in Houston and the outskirts. And I've got to guide people on, you know, what they need to do to kind of get started. I've got to, I was also been able to guide them to who can help them, like consultants of, you know, SCORE or SBDC that can help them put together business plans or a consultant like you for what kind of franchise they want to get into. And I've been able to guide them on the front end or help them when they're trying to expand or buy a business. And I've really just enjoyed working with so many different industries and so many different people of all different backgrounds. So I've really learned a lot about all kind of businesses that I wouldn't get to learn about if I was doing anything else. Yeah, yeah, that makes it so much more interesting, doesn't it, when you are yeah. working with different types of industries. It's one of the things I love about franchising is so many different industries represented there. And, you know, Michelle, uh, I hadn't thought about it, but I remember when I was in banking and SBA was not the first type of loan that small businesses looked at. They went to more of um, loans that were collateralized. What, ha- what has changed there that it is a, um, a better product than it used to be? One, I think the rules have changed some. But two, I would really say it's more of it wasn't promoted before and mm. it wasn't marketed well and banks didn't really do a good job of making sure people knew about SBA loans and what they were and how to get one and what the benefits were. And I feel like now um, us SBA lenders go and educate our other lenders we work with on all the benefits, and we educate the customers. And SBA does a really good job, especially our local group, of marketing and educating, and they have all kind of seminars and training, and they even have uh, matchmaking, kind of like – be dating for lending where the lenders and the customers meet. So I feel like all of that, plus now with the PPP loans and the EIDL loans, now everyone knows what an SBA loan is, whereas before it was getting more popular but not to this extent. 
Mm-hmm. And and that makes sense. That and there are so many um, more business opportunities out there than it used to be. Um, you know, when when I was in banking, it was kind of your standard. This is what the business is, what a business would look like. But the models are so different now, and. Um, I think people are wanting to take advantage of some of those programs that are out there like the SBA. So, Michelle, tell me a little bit about, um, as a a brand new company, whether it is a franchise or whether it is an independent business, what do you need? How do you advise your, your clients that come in and say, hey, Michelle, I want to start a business. Can you tell me what I need? Yes, um, I basically just have a good conversation with them, and I tell them, you know, well, one, what are you interested in? What do you have experience in? What do you have skills in? Because it's a lot easier for a bank to approve a loan if someone has, you know, maybe experience in that industry or at least management experience for two years. They know how to manage people because, The one thing that all small businesses tell me is the hardest thing they never knew about owning a business was how to deal with their personnel. They just That's not something we know how to do or are ingrained with, so it's good to have some kind of management experience with personnel, especially if you're going into retail or restaurant. Mm. And then, you know, I kind of tell them, you know, make sure you have some kind of experience, either management or industry, and then also make sure that you're personal debt is in place where it needs to be. You really don't want to go to a bank trying to start up a business and you have a whole lot of personal debt and not a lot of outside income, especially if this is going to be your primary income, because then you have to take a lot of salary out of a startup business and it needs Mm -hmm. all the capital and cash, kind of like you said before, in it. So you don't need to be Mm -hmm. taking a lot of salary or cash out of it. So it's better to go in with low personal debt or have a really good secondary source of income until your business gets going and has the money to pay you a better salary. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing I kind of tell them is it's really good to have money saved up to put down, but also money left over. No lender wants to take someone's last dollar and then if it takes longer to get going, they have no backup or... You know, if it fails, they have nothing left. We don't want to do that. We want you to sleep at night, and we want to sleep at night, you know. So we just tell them, make sure you have some money saved up, don't have a lot of personal debt at the time, and you've done a lot of research, you know. Do a lot of research, do a good business plan, good projections, go work with SCORE um, or SBDC, Small Business Development Center, Any of those groups can help you do the research, help you do your business plans, your projections, and get someone like you that's a consultant if they're wanting to do a franchise, um, which also makes it sometimes a little easier because you have those trainings and guidelines and everything else that a franchise comes with, so it's not a pure startup. Um, But really, even with that, you need to do your research. You need to go out there and research research the franchises, talk to the franchisees, the other people that own these franchises, how has it been? How's the support been? You know, when you're doing your projections and your business plan, you need to have all that research to do a really good one so that you can justify the numbers there and how you got to them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree 100% yeah. with that, Michelle. You know, one of the things that I also do with my uh, my clients is I really encourage them to have those conversations with the leadership team that says, how did you support your franchisees during COVID? And I think those are questions that will always be on the table going forward. And folks, I am certainly not suggesting we're going to have another pandemic. And by the way, if you're listening to this recording, it's November the 10th of 2021. So yes, we are not totally out of the clear. We are still feeling some of the ramifications of the pandemic, but there will always be another crisis. You know, there will always be a recession. So during those times, you want to know that you've locked arms with a leadership team that is out there to make sure you succeed. Um, Wouldn't you say, Michelle? I definitely agree. And I feel like having a good mentor is always great, too. If you know someone, even if it's not in the industry you want to go into, that you feel like is a great business owner, Mm -hmm. it'd be great to have them as a mentor, And there's a lot Mm -hmm. of mentoring groups, you know, like emerging leaders once you own a business and Silver Fox that help mentor you to read your financials. And I definitely agree that you need to talk to business owners about how did they make it through COVID? What changes did they make? How did they know how to pivot? Because you always have Mm -hmm. to have that plan for the worst. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things, um, you know, doing this radio show, it's, Um, opened up doors so that I could have some of those conversations with leadership team of some of the really big uh, franchisors, franchise brands. And I've had some of them say within a week or two weeks that their team was on the phone with their franchisees to connect with the, uh, the landlords to renegotiate leases during this period of time. Now, that's a franchisor that steps up to the plate. Completely agree. I wish there were more like that because a lot of people did struggle with landlords not helping them out or vendors or longer terms. So if there's someone like that, that's who you want to work with, someone who's going to support you in the good and the bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Michelle, let's talk a little bit further about, um, you know, how you help the the upcoming business owner and wh- how can you help them to become more successful? Um, you know, as I said at the top of the show, sometimes having that money up front and considering a loan can be, um, can determine your success. So what are some of the ways that you help your customers in being successful from the beginning? Well, one thing I do, like I said, besides giving them resources, I tell them really think about how you want to put the equity in into the deal because, like you said, whether it's 401K, either cashing it in, taking a loan out against it, or other programs, or it's borrow money from a family member, or save up yourself, I tell them, please really look into all those options because if you take all your 401k out and then things don't work as well, you have no backup 
Um, and if you borrow from a family member and it goes sideways, there goes that relationship. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of tell them really think about, you know, how you want to put the money in, do all the research. And uh, because a lot of people will look into these different 401k programs, but not always do all the research. And I really want them to do that because I want them to have the best foot forward when they start. And I want them to do all that research. And then, you know, I just kind of talk them through, you know, what are you planning to do? Why are you planning to do this? How much money are you going to need? Did you go get quotes? Did you talk to landlords? You know, did you do some project basically bids between different ones, not just the first bid? Because like I've told people, when you go get your leasehold improvement bids, don't always go with the lowest bid because if you put the two side by side, one could be missing a lot of key elements to get the job. And then you have a lot of change orders at the end to get it complete, and you don't have the money in the loan because you Mm -hmm. never knew all of that was going to happen. So I just kind of tell them, you know, make sure you get good quotes from multiple sources, really review them, you know, go through your business plan, redo it as many times as you need, go through all the numbers, and just make sure you get those consultants to help you because I really cannot help them do business plan or projections. I can tell them, this doesn't look right or it doesn't really make sense or you need to look at it a little differently, but I can't do it for them because that's a conflict of interest. But I do give them a lot of advice around, well, did you think about how COVID's going to add extra expenses now because you have to have all these extra things? Right. Or did you think about, you know, employee cost is going up more because they're hard to find. So did you put that in your projection? So I try to give them a little bit of advice like that. And then I also kind of look at their personal and, you know, give them a little bit of advice of, you know, maybe we don't want to start this business with all this personal debt and make sure your credit's good, those kind of things, just so it makes it a little easier to get approved as well. I can't really give them advice as to whether to get a loan or not, but I can tell them that if they do, SBA is going to be easier than conventional because conventional usually need collateral for most of the loan, whereas SBA, that's not a reason for decline. And you can go a longer term on SBA, a little bit less down. So I do tell them there's a lot of benefits toward SBA just because usually when you first start out, you need a longer term on the loan. And, you know, you don't want to put 50% down. You'd rather have like 20% down. So you have some backup funds if you need them. You know, Mm -hmm. and I also tell them make sure that you have a good working capital number in the amount you want to borrow because you need to know what you need for the next three to six months to keep it running, you know, until it becomes profitable or how long is it going to be until it becomes profitable. So I just try to give them a lot of advice without pushing them anyway because I want them to make all the decisions on what works best for them and their family. Mm-hmm. Michelle, what kind of timeline um are you talking about? Because, um, you know, when you're opening a business, everything becomes um, based on that timeline. Everything is, one thing is connected to the other, and nothing can happen until this is done. So if someone is considering starting a business and they've already started their research, at what point should they come to you to start that process and how long would that normally take so normally 
Um, you can come to the bank earlier and just ask some questions, but we really can't get started on working on the actual loan until we have, you know, a bid for the lease, a bid for the equipment, a bid for the improvements, <clears throat> how much, what kind of franchise, if they're doing franchise, um, you know, until they have a good business plan with projections and we see the down payments been saved. So really until they've gotten to the point of they kind of are thinking where they want to locate it, you know, who they're going to use as their contractor, those kind of things. They don't have to put any money down toward any of it, just get bids. But really we can't start on it till we have those because without all that information, we don't know what the loan amount needs to be. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, until they've gathered all their paperwork personally and business-wise, it's really hard for us to do a whole lot except for maybe give them a little bit of advice based on sometimes people give me their stuff early and say, okay, well, what does this kind of look like and, you know, how do my projections look? And I'll do that for them. But until they have all that, I can't really go to look into doing a loan. And once mm -hmm. I get everything um, on my needs list, because I send them a good checklist with the forms, then I usually can get it into underwriting um, within a week or two. And usually the whole process, if it's a startup business with no real estate, I would say two to three months. If it's a business acquisition, probably same, maybe a little bit more. Um, but if there's real estate involved, then usually that adds another month because we have to get appraisals, environmentals, and all kind of other stuff. Mm -hmm. So they can go fairly quickly if everything is turned in when it's requested. Mm -hmm. You know, what I'm seeing a lot now, Michelle, is there are a lot of home-based businesses there um, that are available. You know, there are a lot of franchises that you can just um, run your business right out of your house and you don't need that brick and mortar. That really c would cut down on that timeline, wouldn't it? Yes, I think it would um, because then they don't have to go find the location and go through franchiser if they're using a franchise franchisor approval for the location, bank approval for the location. So, yes, if they're picking a home-based business, it is a little trickier on um, insurance and collateral and stuff like that, but they definitely are doable, and we've done some of them. So mm -hmm. I would just say make sure if you do a home base that you have a good designated spot at your home where you can focus without a lot of distraction and where you can keep any assets that would be collateral uh, for the bank. Sure, absolutely. And are you seeing now that this new movement, it's called, you know, I'm sure you've heard of it, the Great Resignation, are you seeing an uptick in um, people maybe coming to you that, currently have a corporate position, but are considering for the first time to become business owners. Yes, actually I'm seeing quite a bit of that. I'm working on a number of franchises right now that the franchisors were high executives managing a lot of people in oil and gas companies, and a lot of them have said that it got to the point with all the ups and downs in the oil prices and the layoffs and the turnover and the acquisitions. They just never felt real secure in their job, and they wanted to do something for themselves where they felt like they had more security and, you know, wouldn't next week possibly be laid off. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I can relate to that. My late husband was in oil and gas, and he was a, a CEO, and it was very cyclical. <laughs> and um, it, uh, of course, that's just part of the industry here. Absolutely. So I tell you what, Michelle, I need to take a quick commercial break, but my listeners are like me. We love stories. Do you happen to have some stories you could share with us when we come back from break? Yes, I do. Wonderful. Folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. We'll be back with more from Michelle Wright and Small Business Loans. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Welcome to Tough Talk Christian Radio. Tough Talk Christian Radio is... Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come, contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. Linda Ballestetos here, and my guest is Michelle Wright. And Michelle is a small business lender with Allegiance Bank. And Michelle, when we broke for commercial break, I asked if you happen to have some stories of maybe some clients that you could that you've worked with that you could share with us. Yes, I do. Actually, the very first SBA loan I ever made, and I was green in SBA. Um, was for a father and son that wanted to open their own thinning, pipe thinning company. And it was really funny because they were so grateful, such great people to work for. It was so rewarding. And the son would come in all the time covered in paint from head to toe with his overalls on and jeans. And because he was in there putting the machines in himself, painting them himself, he was doing everything himself. And they became a very successful business and ended up selling it recently, I heard. And they were just great to work with. And then recently, I just did a loan, I think about two years ago, for another father and son that wanted to do their own business. And the father had been doing an oil and gas services business and was an expert in it. And so he and his son decided they wanted to partner and open their own in a compressor-type business, and so they did that too, and they've been successful so far, and I'm really proud of them. So it's just been great getting to work with these either father-sons or I've had, you know, best friend partners and just all these different or ladies trying to open up their own doggy daycare 
our veterinary practice has just been so enjoyable. Um, this year has been a little tougher, I have to say, just because I have had some business owners that weren't able to open for a couple of months because they couldn't get employees to open the door. Mm. So that, yeah, that's been a little tough for them, but I think they finally got the door open and they're doing great and they're good business owners. So I'm just excited to get to work with all of them and get to help them create their dream and get to be a part of it and get to see it succeed. Well, I, Michelle, I'm sure that, you know, as you help them along the way, you have to almost feel like you're a part of that, their their um, their growth and their journey to to make their dreams come true. It has to be so rewarding for you. It is. And when I drive down the street and I see a restaurant or a manufacturer or a business that I helped with their, buy their new building or you know, buy a business, and then I go past it, I'll tell my kids, hey, that's the business I helped buy that building. Look at that nice building. I I get excited over it. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. That gives me goosebumps because, you know, there's so many people that do want to own their own business. And But I tell you what, it is not for the faint at heart, is it, Michelle, to be a business owner? No, it is not. Because like I told you, this person that's a very successful franchise owner was really struggling just to get the doors open because he could not find employees. And he's been doing this a long time. So it's definitely, and during COVID, I saw so many mom and pop businesses just struggling and they were so grateful for the PPPs and the idols. And I'm glad we got to be a part of that. You know, that really made me feel good. I mean, we worked a lot of hours, but it made me feel good that we could do that and get these people the money they needed to keep their business open because there were so many heartfelt stories during this. It was really tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned the PPP. Um, that certainly came at a, a wonderful time and saved many businesses. But, Michelle, it was changing daily, and it was so confusing. I can't I, – I, I would imagine that you guys were working long hours just trying to educate some of your customers through this. That is correct. I mean, we were all trying to educate each other and calling the SBA and emailing the SBA and talking among ourselves. Like I said, we were working 12 hours a day, seven days a week. And part of that was just trying to understand what we were doing because it kept changing and you try to learn the new rules and make sure you're doing it correct and making sure you were educating the borrowers because it was frustrating and confusing for them because they couldn't understand why are you telling me it's changed. They didn't understand that the rules, and I know it's not SBA's fault because they were trying to put out help so quick that they just, you know, kind of doing it as they were going along and developing the program as it went along. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It wasn't like it was already sitting on the shelf and they pulled it down and plugged it in. They were trying exactly. to create something that just that would keep some of these um, businesses from going under. And some of these businesses were generational businesses that were really yes. struggling, weren't they? Yes, they definitely were. And uh, it was kind of funny during this whole thing, you know, you you have to figure out how you're going to have your software or your system handle all of this. 
And we ended up all learning a brand new software that the bank was introducing while we were doing PPP because it could, yeah, because it could handle what we needed it to handle. So we had to do both at the same time. But like I said, all these companies called us and they were just, you know, grateful and saying, please get me the loan, do what you can. And so we were just doing what we could to help them. That made you not mind working the hours and the days because you knew they needed the help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Michelle, we're coming down to the end of the show. Um, and if someone's listening and do you are in the Houston area, because that's mostly the area that you specialize in. And if they want to know more about how they may be able to get in touch with you, how you, uh, they may be able to work with you, how would they reach out to you, Michelle? They can by email. It's michelle.wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, and Michelle with two L's, at allegiancebank.com. Or they could call me at 832-615-6893. Either one of those, and I'm on LinkedIn as well if they want to see my profile. Wonderful. And, you know, sometimes, Michelle, it's quite refreshing for a business owner or a future business owner to find a banker that has the depth of knowledge that you have with working with FBA and working with all different types of industries. So it's um, it would be you know it, it would be really great for some of some of these brand new business owners to work with you. Um, You're really on top of your game with this. So we're down to those final three questions, Michelle. Um, The first one is, if there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, and I would even say if they're considering purchasing any type of business, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for this process? Definitely do research, 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 get a good mentor. Um, Make sure you're going to like the business you're wanting to get into. Make sure it fits your personality, your skills, because if you enjoy what you do, you're going to excel at it. So I would say just do a lot of research, get you a really good mentor, and make sure it fits who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I say that if the business doesn't fit in with your personality and your lifestyle, then it's going to be a bigger struggle for it to be successful because it's like you're trying to go against the grain. So that's, I completely that's agree. Really, that's important. Absolutely. And um, I also want to tell them, mm-hmm. just don't be shy. Ask every question you want right. of your lender and everyone else. There are mm-hmm. no dumb questions. Mm-hmm. There, there are no dumb questions, and um, don't be intimidated by Correct. the lender and be afraid to ask that question. Uh, ask Correct. the question. Yeah, absolutely. So the second question, question for you is, what are two traits that make a successful franchisee or business owner? In my opinion, it's someone who puts in the work is willing to do the hard work to make it happen, to do the research, and someone who's willing to always learn. They're willing to go to like an emerging leaders to help them understand their financials or a mm-hmm. silver fox to help them or be in roundtables, CEO roundtables, anyone who's willing to always learn and grow 
plus willing to do the hard work, I think will be successful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, um, like I said earlier, um, owning a business is certainly not for the faint at heart. And I also tell my clients, just because you're buying into a franchise doesn't mean that it's um, that you don't have to work. You still have to get out there. You still have to work. Um, and if you're not ready for that, then maybe you just need to keep your 9-to-5 job um, because it, you won't be happy with it then. Yes. So the final question here is um, – You've worked with franchising over the years as well as independent businesses. What do you think the future of franchising looks like? I really believe it's going to continue to grow and maybe even grow more than it already has just because it is a little easier sometimes to get a loan if there's a franchise involved only because there's people in the franchise that will give you the training help you set up, help you pick your location. So you're not starting from scratch. So I feel like there's always going to be that growth. And when someone's finally made a really good model that they think they can expand and let people buy, then that's what you want to copy. When you see the Chick-fil-A's of the world, even though that's not Mm -hmm. a usual franchise, you see they have it down pat. So that's the kind of franchise that I think people are going to want to buy because they see that they already have the model there, they have the training, they know what what location to pick. So I really feel like it's going to continue growing and be a bigger part as we go forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because as a um, it, someone coming out of corporate, I don't care if they've worked with businesses before, they may not know all of the moving parts of marketing or website design or, you know, building those relationships, referral partners, they may not know all of that. So doing that as an independent business owner, you wouldn't know it until you didn't have it. Whereas with a franchise, they tell you up front, these are the things, these are the components that will make you successful. So that's why I think the franchise business model is is excellent for launching a business. <clears throat> it you know, I want to I don't want to say it's a business in a box. It's that's really too cliche, and it doesn't even begin to explain what you get. Um, but to have that ongoing support of those team leaders, whereas a independent business owner, they may not have that, right? Completely agree, and I just that's one of the reasons why I also say though. Do your research because just like anything in this world, there's good franchises and bad franchises. So don't assume just because some are bad that all are bad and don't assume just because some are really good that all are good. Just do your research and, you know, ask other franchisees what their experience has been. Yeah, absolutely. Michelle, is there one more thing that you would like to leave with our listeners that they need to know if they're considering um, an SBA loan or if they're considering going into business? What would you like to leave them with today? I mean, I feel like most bankers out there all want to help you and want to help you succeed. You may not always get told what you want to hear, but that's because we all want you to be in the right place and the right time to start your business. 
And most of us will tell you what you can do to get to that point. You just have to be willing to hear it and not think it's coming from a bad place. We want to help you, but we also don't want to put you into something that's not right for you. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Michelle, one more time, if someone's listening and they're in the Houston area and they would like to work with you or talk with you a little bit further, how would they get in touch with you? They can either email me at Michelle with two L's dot right, W-R-I-G-H-T at AllegianceBank.com or they can call me 832-615-6893 and I'm on LinkedIn as well. Wonderful. Michelle, thanks so much for being on the show today. I really enjoy your um, your candidness about how you work with your clients. You work with them very similar than that I do as well, um, just to be honest. And like you said, you don't want people to put up their life savings for something that they may not be successful in. So again, thanks so much for being on the show Thank today, you. Michelle. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So, folks, you know, it, it's important to make sh- to know that there are people like Michelle out there that really genuinely want you to succeed. So finding a banker like Michelle can really help a business move step by step incrementally and actually see success. She told us some of the stories where she had seen uh, some of her clients really succeed. So I think that's really important to have that. I always talk about those trusted advisors that you should have on your team. And that is a good banker. It's a CPA. It's an attorney. It's a financial advisor. Those people are really important to be part of your team as you build a business and move it forward. As always, I'm leaving you with a quote. This is by Walt Disney. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. So in this case, just like Michelle says, do your research. Begin doing. Begin doing. And and just find out what's out there. Again, folks, thanks so much for being with me on All Things Franchising, and I'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today, and be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.